Welcome to Mental Health Explored, a podcast created by TogetherWell.org. We are a nonprofit dedicated to eliminating systemic barriers to mental health education, resources, and tools. We bring you the voice of vetted and credentialed mental health professionals. I am Michelle Thompson. And I'm Beth Rice. We're TogetherWell volunteers and the co-hosts of Mental Health Explored. Although we're not professionals in the mental health field, we have access to lots of great people who are, and we have questions just like you. Join us as we explore a wide range of mental health topics. Today's guest, Kashan Masood, is not a mental health professional. However, he shares his passion for helping others by volunteering his time to support TogetherWell's mission. This episode includes discussions about caring for someone with a genetic disorder. Viewpoints expressed represent the unique lived experience of our guest. If you are interested in getting more in-depth information about genetic or neurodivergent disorders, a great place to start is by contacting your medical doctor, a mental health professional, or the National Alliance for Mental Illness. Children with special needs require extra attention and long-term care. The support of parents and or other caregivers in their daily lives is critical to their well-being. But while caregivers do their best to pour out as much love and patience as possible for as long as possible, what about the care of the caregivers? As part of our Together Well Volunteer Spotlight series, we talk with Kashan Masood. He's the father of an eight-year-old son with a rare genetic disorder called 22Q11.2 duplication syndrome. According to the National Institutes of Health, This condition is caused by an extra copy of a small piece of chromosome 22. Some people may have more symptoms than others, and symptoms can range from mild to severe. In Kashan Sun's case, symptoms of 22Q include speech impairment, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, autism, and heart problems. Navigating the challenges of caring for a son has not been easy, but Kashan made the decision to access support, and by managing his own well-being, he feels he's better prepared to support his family's well-being. We're so happy you're here, and we really are grateful that we get to kick things off from a volunteer standpoint. It's an honor. I'll give a little bit of insight. So, Kashan Musat Masood. Yeah, you got it. Yep. Yes, you are our first volunteer that we are interviewing from Together Well. So, we are taking this opportunity to interview some of the people that bring Together Well to life. Mm-hmm. And this is such an amazing organization. And it is. every single person in the organization is out there creating ripples of goodness, of healing, of information sharing. And there's such a fascination to me about the, the background of each person. So this is our opportunity to get to know Kashan. So, uh, so welcome. Welcome, Kashan. Thank you. Thank you. Happy to be here. Just give us a little bit of background on where you live and and maybe your family, a little bit about you. Sure. I live here in um, Central Virginia, which is uh, 30 minutes away from Washington, D.C. I've got an eight-year-old boy and I'm the youngest of three siblings. You know, they say that the youngest one is kind of like... um, What's it called? Uh, spoiled? No, the eldest one is spoiled. <laughs> Very much loved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Very much loved. I <laughs> so I get my cheek pulled a lot, but uh, yeah, um, they're a lovely family and they love me a lot. So I also heard that the youngest child gets to juggle knives. 
Because <laughs> <laughs> by the time the parents get through <laughs> dealing with the other kids, yeah. it's like, we don't care what you do, just don't get hurt. <laughs> yeah. That is so true. Kashan is a working professional in the tech industry. He's an IT support account manager. The job has its stressful moments. So you're working full time, right? I am, yes. I'm in IT, um, you know, with the glasses, with my brown skin. It's like, hey, he has to be in IT. So, you know, I, I, I kind of like joke about it sometimes. But yeah, I'm in IT. Hey, no stereotypes. Um, yeah. No stereotypes. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, I work at a great company and uh, I work as a support account manager. My job is basically to help with the federal customer and make sure whatever IT problems they have, I am like the go-to guy, I kind of help resolve any issues that they have. So as soon as the customer says that we are on fire, when we use the term fire, it means their system that completely down. Mm-hmm. And that's when we have certain amount of time, well, specifically being 30 minutes to get it taken care of. So that's what I do for a living. Mm. I find it fascinating that all the volunteers that we've met so far at Together Well just have such different backgrounds and Everybody comes with you know skill sets to use for this nonprofit. Everybody comes from a different direction. I'd like to know how you found Together Well. I found Together Well. And the mission statement really, you know, said everything. Dr. Michelle Haley's story is so powerful. And I connected to it right there. And then when I read the job description, it was like focused on event management, like kind of like we do wellness managed day where we get some person from the industry and then we have a conversation around it that's something that i also wanted to do so really together well checked all the boxes for me i was growing my skills from an event management perspective and then when i got interviewed and i started speaking to everybody at together well whether it's beth michelle everybody has been super nice and just trying to help me so um and so just the love itself was very powerful Kashan's desire to partner with Together Well is rooted in his passion for helping others. Just like all of us, he is learning more every day. In fact, much of what he has learned about himself comes from his experiences helping his son along his health journey. Children teach us, as adults, so many valuable lessons and help us see new perspectives that can be applied elsewhere in our lives. For Kashan, his attitude and behaviors toward work and life were impacted with even greater intensity because of his son's genetic disorder. Actually, my boy, you know, who has special needs, has changed me around altogether. I've learned acceptance and patience and so much more that a simple degree could have never taught me, you know. Mm -hmm. And these are life lessons that are hard to come by. And so my boy has just taught me so much through just being a father of a child with special needs. And that was a game changer altogether. Kashan's son faces a number of health and behavioral issues associated with 22Q. Examples include ADHD, one of the most common neurodevelopmental disorders, autism spectrum disorder, heart defects, delayed development, and speech impairment, which applied behavior analysis or ABA speech therapy seems to be helping. One particularly challenging behavioral issue is the tendency of Kashan's son to wander, walk, or run away from caregivers and safe environments. Kashan refers to this as elopement. He shares additional insight on parenting a child facing these challenges. 
So I wanted to go back to what you mentioned about your son. If you could elaborate a little bit more on that, if you're willing to share a little bit more details, what that experience is like, that would be great for some of our listeners who may be dealing with something similar. Sure. Absolutely. So my boy, he has a genetic disorder. It's called 22Q duplication. It's a rare form of genetic disorder. And with that, you could have a variety of health issues. It could be the heart, it could be the liver, it could be eyesight, it could be hearing. So in my boy's case, he had an issue with his heart. There was a hole in his heart detected for which he had to get open heart surgery at the age of around two years old. He also had club foot, so they had to straighten his feet out. And then he is developmentally delayed. So I mentioned this because it's not straight outright autism. So if I had said he is only autistic, then he wouldn't be having issue with his heart, for example. Right, right. But because he has genetic disorder, he has those health issues, like physical health issues, and then the other things related to mental health. He's nonverbal as well, so he's uh, nonverbal autistic. And he has behavioral issue. He has ADD, uh, ADHD. So does he speak any words at all or is he completely nonverbal? He's nonverbal. Okay. Do you do sign language with him or how do you communicate with him? Well, right now, he just physically will take your arm and show you what he wants. If he wants Mm. to have some food, he will take you at uh, the fridge and try to grab that. But he's not at that level where he can do sign language at the moment, although he's very skilled with using gadgets. So mm. he knows his, uh, you know, how to put YouTube on all different shows. And Oh, really? Okay. You know, he's very smart. That He knows he's an escape artist. Wow. He knows where the doors are. He knows the house really well. Okay. And one thing we worry about is elopement um, because he doesn't have any feel for danger. So when Elopement. He, elopement. So w- when he comes off the school bus, he would dash on the street, he doesn't know anything about danger. Mm-hmm. So a car might be coming. So that's something that we worry about a lot, which is typical with autism. Mm-hmm. So we try to keep it very structured with schools, with his family and relatives, so that every day he's uh, getting up on time, sleeping on time. And that helps a lot. And with therapies, we have gone through uh, ABA, speech therapy. So he's doing very well right now, like from what he was doing before. But again, he's developmentally delayed. You know, his mental age is probably of probably two and a half, three years old. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to bring that gap, you know, narrow down that gap so that he's more of his age. And that would require a lot of therapy and change in medicine and a lot of love from everybody. So that's what we're trying to do to help him out. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Parents of children with 22Q have a range of emotional responses upon hearing their child has this disorder. Kashan went through many emotions, including grief, self-pity and depression, to finally accepting his son's situation. We're having this conversation under the umbrella of mental health. How do you move through your days to keep yourself grounded and mentally well? What are the things that you have been doing to stay healthy? I think with this, you know, it's very easy for, at least I can speak from my experience, you know, it's almost like losing somebody, you know, that's how it felt in the beginning. And there was a grievance period. And then at the end, you reach an acceptance period. So for me, it was very hard in the beginning. Some signs and symptoms of 22Q may be apparent at birth, but others may not appear until later in infancy or early childhood. When the diagnosis came, hey, there's a genetic disorder and there's autism, especially when 
he started missing his milestones. I'm sure you all know about, you know, when you go to the doctors, you're, you're doing milestones, you learn your ABCDs, one, two, three, all that at a very early age. But he was like just lagging behind and it's hard, you know, in the beginning. What I did was, you know, I just tried to keep myself busy with other things, you know, kind of, uh, you know, I'll be honest, I started going to see therapists, you know, to help out um, doing more exercise, eating right, because now I was falling in more like, uh, you know, kind of having uh, from getting into more like depressed state, because I was like, hey, what's going on, you know, and why is it happening to me and self-pity kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then it took some time, help from family and in books and just coping mechanisms, uh, whether it's music, um, diet, fitness, whatever it is, and just getting out because I found out the more I stayed at home, <laughs> the more it just grew on me. Mm-hmm. So these were some of the things I used. And in the end, I accepted it, you know, and, and then things started getting better. Kashan, thank you so much for being so honest about the struggles that you went through because that's really a vulnerable place to say I was depressed and I was down. I just love how you found a way to come out of that. Not everybody does. Some people stay in that state. Mm-hmm. So how long do you think it took you that the process of sort of grieving for the reality of the situation to realizing that, hey, I need to get healthy for myself and find different strategies to cope with this? Yeah, I've been going to therapy for a year now, and I'm doing much better than what I was before. I keep myself distracted, busy. Mm -hmm. I make sure that I get out. This is what my therapist told me, that, hey, make sure uh, you get out more. So I'll give you an example. She said that, why don't you get a gym membership? I said, I have a gym at home. She said, no, that's not the point. If you go out, you see people, Mm. you'll interact more, you'll be more social. Mm. And she was right. Even though I had a gym, but I still got a gym membership. And that helped me start interacting with people. And suddenly I was not so sad and depressed. Interesting. But that was one change I made. And and then I started playing the guitar and that started helping me. Did you play guitar before or you're teaching yourself now? Just teaching myself now. And that's great. Just something different, you know, and it Mm -hmm. started helping. And then I started a keto diet. Oh yeah. And then, oh my God, my inflammation started going away. I Mm -hmm. didn't have like gases in the stomach because it's very easy to fall on the bad track where you're eating junk and you know mm-hmm. there's a gut and brain connection so you know yep. if you eat junk you'll feel like junk you know um, yeah so when i start feeling healthy i could see my abs and i'm mentioning that because <laughs> you can see i, I love could it. see my abs <laughs> you're I, like I, I wow I, w- I want to see my abs <laughs> <laughs> that's it i haven't seen them for a long time <laughs> in the mirror right there i was so proud that you know first i could uh, yeah, see my abs and i felt great about myself so fantastic yeah it had been a year but i wouldn't say that i'm fully like back and i don't think that might happen anytime soon but you know you can just try your best to manage it because even autism it's not curable but you manage it unforeseen circumstances and events beyond our control affect how each of our lives unfold the one thing that we do have some control over however is how we react Kashan believes in the benefits of therapy, as well as practicing gratitude and self-care. He also pays close attention to his internal dialogue, or self-talk, to keep negative thoughts in check. Choosing positive actions makes him feel better about himself, and that makes life more manageable overall. What else came out of your journey over the last year that was unexpected about having these conversations with a therapist? Yeah, there's a book. It's an anxiety and phobia book. I got that of actually a few years back. And one of the things I really liked about it, 
is self-talk, which makes such a big difference because a lot of time in life, we are going with assumptions. Hey, if I go out, maybe, you know, something bad will happen to me, you know, or saying stuff like, hey, I'm a failure, Mm -hmm. which can be detrimental to your mental health. We shouldn't be saying stuff like that to ourselves. Self-talk is so important because it might come to you when you are sitting doing nothing and just have all the time in the world. But just to pick yourself up and give you good thoughts, like I'm trying my best with what I'm given and I'm giving the best chance for my kid to succeed, you know. And then counting your blessings. I've got a job. I've got two arms, two legs. And be grateful. Gratitude, right? Gratitude. Mm -hmm. And don't compare yourself with others. Mm -hmm. Oh, you know, uh, this person is living in a $5 million mansion. Why I don't have that? Self-talk is so important. We can change that up from saying that, hey, I'm not living in a $5 million home to, hey, I got a home. At least I have a roof on top of my head. It completely changes your mindset and the way you look at the world. That's something that really, really helped me. And even with talking to the therapist, you know, it's kind of like you have to put in the work. They can just tell you best thing. But if you are really a go-getter, if you really want to fix yourself physically and mentally, get a book, do your research, you have control over your life. You can fix things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally agree with that. That You have to put in the work. I recently hired someone who's just started doing life coaching Mm -hmm. and she worked with me for 12 weeks. She told me things to do to help me feel better about sleeping and stress and everything. I didn't really do anything. And so at the end of 12 weeks, there wasn't much change. Mm. (laughs) Surprise. (laughs) So yeah, you absolutely have to put in the work. You can't just talk to the professional, the therapist or the life coach or whoever to help you with that issue. If you're not willing to do work. Yeah. You got to change the path. If you think things every day, you're going to feel the same way. Yep. And back to your thoughts, thoughts become reality. So if you're constantly saying this stinks or I'm miserable, then your brain is going to create a miserable experience for you. But if you start looking intentionally for Mm -hmm. the positive and speaking the positive and recognizing and calling out the positive and even saying things that are loving and supportive to other people, it creates this whole other vibration where you feel so much better. Exactly. So it's hugely powerful. And a lot of that probably comes right back to what your doctor was talking about, your therapist specific to getting out of your current state environment and going to the gym. It was just a simple shift of going to the physical gym, meeting different people. Your path changed mm, right? and your interactions changed. You should chase excellence, whether it's at work or something else. So if I'm passionate about playing the guitar and if I get good at it, so the dopamine will kick in my brain and suddenly I'll start feeling good. And suddenly the world will start looking better because I have created a world where I'm feeling better now. So, you know, that doesn't happen in a day to Beth's point, right? You have to put in the work, work on your skill day in and day out, Mm -hmm. and then it will be easier. And what I've learned is don't sit and just, you know, spend hours and hours thinking about things. Like you can still do things, stay busy, stay active, then it will be easier. Mm. True. And so I'm just trying to make a point that just keep working on yourself, exercising, losing weight, all these kind of things help with the mental health and self-talk and playing guitar and getting abs, you know, all these things. <laughs> the thing that's really cool is that's one area. Taking care of yourself is probably the most powerful space in your entire life mm-hmm. that you control. Mm-hmm. You don't control anything else. 
right? You can't control me. Right. You can't control your wife or your son or whether the refrigerator is going to turn on tomorrow. You can't control any of it, but you can control what you focus your thoughts on. When you fill your cup, you show up brighter, lighter, clearer, more approachable, yes, happier, everything, right? And then you attract those people. Yeah. Do you find that to be true, Kishan? Like because you've made these changes, these tweaks in your life, that your relationship with your son is improved? Yes, because if you stay fit, like I'm just using that example, if you're fit and mentally and physically, like my boy, he's on the run 24 by 7. It's hard for him to sit even for like a minute. But now with prescription drugs, he's getting better at it. But if you're physically and mentally fit, then you'll be able to cope with that pressure running behind him all day. Mm-hmm. And then when he starts screaming in the middle of the night, then you'll be able to cope with that better in a mental way. Mm. A baby scream is different from a scream of a nonverbal autistic child. Now he's getting better at it, but he used to scream. Even the neighbors could hear him and the neighbors are like pretty far away. I mean, if you work on your physical, mental health, then you can cope with the pressures better. And then having family and friends around help a lot too. And then you and your spouse need to be on the same page with who will do what and planning and risk mitigation and all these kind of things. Many children with 22Q syndrome need treatment and support from many different specialists in a variety of fields. One important point is doctors because my boy, he has been through many therapists. Interestingly, those therapists were the best who really enjoyed their job or had a child in the same situation. Those were the ones who Mm. worked the best with my child and were there with him for the longest period. There are people facing similar challenges that will be listening to this podcast. And and I think these words are really powerful. Yeah. The thing that I appreciate about our chat today is that you have given some real life actions that you've taken. Maybe it will spark some ideas for other people. You know, gratitude, putting in the work, mindfulness, just trying new things. It's been said like a million times, if you keep doing the same thing, don't expect a different result, right? So I love the hope that you've given in this chat because given the situation with your son, I think that that's overwhelming for for me to think about. You know, I don't live with that. You obviously do live with that. That is your reality. But I just love how you turn it into something so positive and you can share it and help other people in in doing that. Yeah. So thank you so much, Kashan. Yeah. That's the whole idea. You're most that's the whole goal. That's why I'm here at Together We're Helping Out. And you guys have been fabulous for uh, listening to my story. And hopefully this will help other people, you know, who are in the same boat. Absolutely. So thank you. Absolutely. Thank you so much. That's awesome. Kashan brought us into his journey as we discussed the challenges he faces raising a child with special needs. The pressure was and still is immense. He reminds us that you always have a choice. Even when you feel like everything is against you, you have a choice. By practicing awareness, he noticed the signs, the sadness, the frustration, and anxiety weren't going away. He realized that he needed to take action. So he asked for help from a therapist. From there, he created connections with new people. He focused on showing up in his healthiest form and used creativity through music to refocus his thoughts. He also practiced gratitude as he focused on the positive aspects of his life. This is what self-care looks like. Kashan created a supportive plan for himself that contained ways he could gain control 
of his physical and emotional body. We all have the ability to create a healing strategy for ourselves. What would you focus on if you did the same? If you're facing challenges, what are some of the things that you could place in your supportive plan? If you'd like more information on the power of gratitude, practicing gratitude, or even the neuroscience of it, visit togetherwell.org and click on the resources tab. There are also resources for practicing mindfulness, physical and mental well-being, and much more. Thanks for checking out Together Well's podcast, Mental Health Explored. If you liked what you heard and found the content helpful, be sure to share it. And please like, subscribe, and leave us a review. You can find us on all the major social media platforms. Please remember that if you're looking for a mental health workshop for your community, you can visit togetherwell.org to connect with a mental health professional. A big thank you to everyone on our amazing volunteer team at TogetherWell for making this podcast possible. Our executive producer is Dr. Michelle Haley, senior producer and audio engineer, Brian Busas, contributing editor, John Hinehan, digital media by Diego Zamora, administrative support from Sakshi Punt and Ranjana NS. I'm Beth Rice, and on behalf of my co-host, Shell Thompson, we're so happy you're here. Thanks for listening.